0: But God bless John Hamm.
1: we are now recording so we don't i mean we don't have to start but it's going
0: cool Brandon um do you feel like you're kind of like the the mayor of i don't know the baseball world today like
1: uh <laughs> it's a weird feeling man Are you, are you talking about because the Reds traded John Lamb to the Double Rays <laughs> Wait, the Reds traded John Lamb to the Braves
2: for cash Wow huh I was going to slip that in at the beginning. I wasn't expecting that. You know, the Cubs also claimed someone from the Yankees. Hmm. Completely stealing your thunder. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, Matt Albers was also bought out today. The White the White Sox declined his option. Cubs claim Connor Mully? Mully? That's a funny name.
1: I'm sure I butchered it.
0: Brandon, what uh, what amount of sleep are you operating on right now?
2: Um, like, oh, goodness. Mm. It might be like three hours. Yeah, I think I, I, went to, I went to bed at like 4.30, I think.
1: I was surprised at the time stamp on the text we got last night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was making my way through all my texts and Facebook messages and phone calls and all of that.
0: I'm I'm not trying to make this, um, you know, Cubs big moment and make it about the Cardinals, but when I, or or maybe I am, maybe I I, I did like Uh, your,
2: uh, I I liked your post today. We could talk about that later, but
0: yeah, thank you. Um, But in 2011 uh, at the world series, after me and my buddy got back to the hotel, we just watched on a loop over and over again, like the MLB network stuff, just like the highlights and the interviews, even though we had already seen them like two or three times, Um, by the time like you know 4 a.m. rolled around and we're just sitting there drinking beer and it never got like I just never got tired of it
2: I I watched I watched the last play so many times and listened to the radio call the tv call Joe, uh, Joe Buck did fine Pat Hughes did very well I actually ha- I haven't listened to the ESPN radio call. Not that I was seeking out the ESPN radio call or anything, but like you know, for uh, you know, to be a completist about it. Uh, yeah. But I haven't I haven't sought that out yet. Though I saw on Twitter, I I saw a tweet that said he did a good uh, the that the call was good. Anyway, yeah, I've also been yeah uh, replaying it not only in my head but in video form and. Uh, you know, on, uh, gosh, like in, in every, I've, I've just been trying to soak it in as best I can, you know? And like, that means, that means reading every article and, and watching all the replays and listening to every podcast. Although I haven't done that yet, but I will. <laughs> Where did you watch the game last night? I watched it at home.
0: Yeah. I watched it at home. it have gotta out, be in a safe space for, for certain games, in my opinion.
2: I I concur. I think so. This was a this felt like a a, a watch it at home game. Watch it with family game. You know, I had one buddy whose house I would consider going to, but he ended up making the last minute trip to Cleveland. Uh, so Oh my. That oh. that was so that was good. I got a I got uh yeah, a bit of a play by play from him uh, from from the Jake, or whatever they call it now, progressive field, yeah
0: poor Cleveland, because not only did they happen to be playing the one team who could have uh a more romantic like story than they than they do in terms of this many years without winning. But they also happened to only be what six hours, whatever, drive from Chicago,, yep. where they just had an influx of visiting fans of to a level of which I've never seen.
2: Yeah, all of the last minute, and I'm pretty sure all the last minute um, ticket sales were all Chicago. I think the only team, the only team with a longer title route than Cleveland now, are the former Chicago Cardinals. I saw,
0: I saw that. the uh, The Chicago Cardinals, who then went on to become the St. Louis Cardinals for about what twenty years, I guess, from like yeah, the, the sixties to the eighties, and then the Phoenix Cardinals, and then the Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. <laughs> In fact, I believe. In fact, no, it's not, I don't believe, I know, they are the oldest NFL franchise, which no one would really think that. Yeah, I think they
2: do predate, they predate the Bears. By a year, I think. Yeah, not by much, but
1: yeah. Yeah. So Brandon, can we walk through a few of these moments and get your, what you were thinking at the time? Yes, yes, let's do that. Dexter Fowler-Homers to lead off the game.
2: I I was thinking that's just what we needed. Like I was going into this game thinking that we needed to we needed to at least put a dent in Kluber early and scratch across a a run or two in the in the first inning, and that was really it. It was it it was a great tension breaker, I think, because uh, I I spent the day just on edge, and when Fowler hit that bomb or that home run, it was just, it it was like a little bit of weight was lifted off and it was, it was enough, enough weight lifted off to function. Did the
1: early Javi Baez errors concern you? Oh yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, but, but at the same time, like if there's anybody who plays like, Oh, shoot. Sorry, my dog is barking at someone, and I don't know who. Uh oh. Hey, buddy. What are you barking at?
1: We might hear a person come into Brandon's apartment in right now. That's terrifying.
0: Huh. Cubs fan waits his whole life to see the Cubs win the World (laughs) Series and then is murdered on a live podcast. Hey. He's fine.
1: He's
2: fine. (laughs) Never mind. Are you fine? There's nobody there? No, no, no. He's fine. He's fine. Yeah, nobody's there. Um,.
0: Dude, what are you barking at, Brandon? What's your dog's name? My dog's name is Gus. Gus, uh, named after any Gus we know, or just just a name. Um his
2: his name was Gus. At, his name was Gus at the pound. Okay. And he that's, responded. That's and he responded reason. to it. <laughs> Gus, Gus, come here. Gus, what are you doing? Why are you barking?
1: Not your affinity for Jess Johnson.
2: Oh! <laughs> I know. Javi Baez's errors scared you too, huh? <laughs> I mean, if there's anybody... The thing about Baez's errors is if there's anybody who kind of plays at that like 150% nonstop adrenaline uh, mode, it's him. So if if there was anyone... Who I thought was gonna, you know, try and overplay something, overswing, uh, maybe try and do a little too much on a play. Uh, it would be him. So, you know, trying to trying to barehand that ball to turn the double play was like, no, come on, man. Like, just, you you're wearing a glove, use it, you know. But but at the same time, like that's that's a hobby play, you know. And you know, maybe he makes it in the regular season, maybe he doesn't, but like game 7 of the world series man like don't don't be trying to pull that acrobatic stuff
0: if i can interject real quick the game was so remarkable that what got buried um is a couple things one of which is how bad the umpires were um <laughs> yeah. on both sides like the the home plate umpire was just baffling I found um, and the umpire who initially called the uh, Javier Baez play safe. No um, oh God, that was when uh, I, I don't even think how you could see that live and call that, you know, and call that a, uh, a catch or an exchange or whatever you want to call it.
1: Um, it felt like they were bad all series and not like they, one way or the other, just constant.
0: Totally. The, uh, I thought the, I forget which series, which game it was. I mean, but the home plate umpire in one of the games was just atrocious um, for both sides. And again, the, the uh, I, I don't think it really I – mean, I don't want to say it didn't matter. Any call that's not good matters. Um, but in the end, it doesn't matter because the game, the series, everything about it was so just amazing that that takes a – deserved backseat to a host of other things.
1: Can we get uh, Brandon Lee's official comment on – Pulling Kyle Hendricks in the fifth inning, I
2: I did not like it. Oh, I get it. I did not like it. He was I, what mid-stitch these pitches at that point? Yeah, yeah. And and he had gotten he had gotten squeezed pretty bad before going back to the umpires. He had gotten squeezed pretty bad on the on the batter before, but it's not like he was missing his spots. He was hitting his spots. They weren't called strikes, but they were strikes, right? So. I I didn't like it, and then he
0: he like did. It, it, it almost right. fell apart right away. <laughs> I still haven't seen a good replay. The wild pitch. Did it bounce up and hit Ross in the in, the, hit face. Him in the head. In yeah, the, hit him in the hit him. face. Yeah. So, and then he hops up, and then for whatever reason, just falls immediately to the ground. Was he was he momentarily just out of it, or so, did, 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 did did he ever say anything in I mean, a post interview about that trouble,
2: right yeah he had he has had concussion problems, but I don't think it was that I think it was it didn't
0: look like that would be a concussion I, either looked I, I think just he like... tripped,
2: I think he tripped over his pants or something <laughs> okay that was a worrying play well <laughs> for a lot of reasons you know not not the least of which because you know some <laughs> some uh some run scored right but but I, I really did think, oh my God, what if Ross is hurt here? You know, what if he got a concussion or what if he uh you know, what if what if he twisted something, uh, you know, and fell down, you know? And and at that point then you're gonna have to go to Miguel Montero for uh you know, for four innings and there's no uh you know, there's there's no security for that. You've already pulled Wilson Contreras, who who just had a big hit the inning before, and yeah. and uh, you know, and and Lester doesn't like throwing to anybody that's not David Ross. So, like, I was I was I was imagining the worst, but also, I mean, look, I know that I know that there there wasn't a lot of a threat to run that inning. With Santana on first, but come on, don't uh like don't bring Lester in there, right, like bring Lester in the top of the next inning it was it was a it was a frustrating and worrisome moment,
0: was that Kipnis on second,
1: yeah, who ran the, all the way home
0: yeah, man, that was some great running, yeah,
1: yeah, had they won that would have been up there with the was it last year Hosmer had the run from third that yeah, that was the deciding,
2: yeah, game five. There was also good running on that um, that Bryant play where he he scored yes. from first on a
0: single. I think David Cameron wrote about that. Oh yeah, oh, no, no, no 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 no. I'm that. thinking of I'm thinking of the long fly ball Bryant hit that. Who was it that oh, took second? Elmore took second. Oh yeah. yes yes. That's kind of getting billed, It seems like as kind of the um, play that's not going to get talked about, but was kind of the catalyst for yeah, yeah, for yeah. those runs. Brandon, when Edwards gets the first two guys out, were what was your confidence level? B- before he walks the, the next guy, when he has he gets the first two guys out immediately in the bottom of the ninth, and I know we just skipped over a bunch of stuff that we can go back to. But what was your confidence level?
2: Uh, very high. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, it was very high. Um, it was uh, like there was always thought that something could go wrong. You know, but but it was very high after so, those first two outs, and I and I I would have gone with with Carl Edwards, right? Like he's the when I saw him warming up, I felt good about it. I'm like, all right, he can he can protect a two run lead.
0: So let's say your confidence level going in on a scale of one to ten going into the inning was an eight. And then say it climbed to like a nine point five after the two outs, mm-hmm. or, or you tell, or you fill in the blanks. What it climbed to? What did it? No, 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 what sounds, were then the peaks right. and valleys after?
2: That sounds about right. I mean, I would say it might have been a little lower. It was definitely above a five, right? I was probably seven and a half confident, and then that probably climbed. Yeah, that probably climbed to about nine after. The how far two did outs.
0: it dip to after uh, the first batter got on, and then he took second? Came home on the single. Okay.
2: So after the run, after the run, it probably went down to like a five, Okay. you know, um, I'd said, I'd made a comment. It might've been on Facebook before the series, how I wanted, I wanted a golden pitch in this series. And, uh, I had just, I had read this article in the latest, uh, in the latest Sabre quarterly about all of the golden pitches in baseball history. So the golden pitch is a a pitch in game 7 of the World Series that could win the World Series for either team. So by nature it has to be the road team is leading and the home team is batting so there could be a walk off. Mm-hmm. The the road team is is winning so that uh, you know, they don't have to score another run to win. And, uh, you know, there hasn't been a golden pitch since the Royals, the Royals-Giants series, right? Mm-hmm. There were a yeah. couple. Yeah. And I'm like, part of me was like, no way. No way do I want one, right, in this series, because that would just be too much for me. But <laughs> at the same time, uh, there was a point where I was like, okay, I want one because... That would mean that the Cubs have the lead on the road in the ninth inning or later. And uh and then we had one, right? <laughs> there were two golden pitches in this game, uh, from Mike Montgomery. And and luckily luckily there was no Cleveland home run on either of those balls, because that would have been that that would have been the end. <laughs> Like it would have literally been the end. I mean it would have been the end of the series. But it ended up being the end in a good way. And that's that was the outcome I wanted.
1: Can you walk us through uh your emotions, your feelings as Rajay Davis, Homer's in the eighth inning? Oh
2: God. <laughs> it was it really was like all of the like all of the, it was like the weight of all the bad things in Cubs history was coming back, right? <laughs> like that was, like that. I, I guess the difference, the difference about that play, the difference about the home run was that it's not, like it wasn't our own doing, you know? Like it wasn't, it wasn't uh the Cubs making an error, it wasn't uh it wasn't the Cubs placing blame on something that shouldn't be blamed. Right.
0: Well, can can I butt in (laughs) real quick? The the Cubs have their ace. Can an argument be made though, that it was kind of their doing because what the heck is Chapman doing out there? Or what the heck was he doing out there in game six, pitching all those innings? I I guess you could say that, right? I guess
2: you could, I guess you could say that, right? Like in a, in a roundabout way. Like, yeah, Madden Madden pitched him too much the day before and then brought him in here and he had nothing and uh, and there was no reason for him to be in. So, of course, why would, uh, you know, why would you even put yourself in that situation? But I would say that, uh, you know, Chapman still, you know, I, I would say that he might be uh, like, equal to whatever the other best option would have been even even fatigued chapman would is is as good as the next best option right you know he 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 definitely did not look good but i guess i can look back at it and say you know we survived right but yeah yeah i think the thing the thing about the davis homer is that that was definitely a bad moment right but at the same time, that was the that was the eighth inning, right? So even if even if Cleveland had scored even if Cleveland had taken the lead, like I would know that we have three more outs, right? We have we would have three more outs to at least come back and tie. I was actually less stressed in the eighth inning than I was in the ninth inning of the tie game. Like bottom of the ninth with Chapman in, I was a wreck. Because Chapman had nothing, like a 98 mile an hour fastball from Araldis Chapman is nothing when they have seen so many pitches coming in at 102, 103, and he's when he started going to the slider, I was I was terrified that one of them would 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 hang and and there would be oh you know a walk off home run in game seven to keep the Cubs winless streak going right like that that was my fear. And that was the, that was the nerve wracking inning for me. It wasn't, it wasn't the eighth inning. It was
0: the ninth inning. I was telling Eric earlier that, um, so I I don't think it's a huge secret. I don't, I, that I I was, I was cheering for Cleveland. Um, (laughs) and I'm watching it with my wife And who is a Cubs Cubs fan? Yeah. And when Davis hit that home run, she was just so crushed. I felt so bad because I was, I was pacing around the living room regardless. When he hit that, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy!" I'm jumping around. This is baseball at its best. And then I look over at my wife, um, just in a crumpled heap on the couch, and I felt so bad. Like, you know, this is her team. Why am I? Why am I? Do, why am I being this person? Like, so I, I sort of like switched <laughs> allegiances in that moment. Like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride this out with you because you deserve this.
2: Yeah, your heart, your heart grew three sizes that day. Yes,
1: it did. It did. I was in the same boat as Alex. I, my wife's not a huge Cubs fan, but this was the first World Series I found myself being empathetic toward man, these people spent all this money on both sides. And I had never really thought about the fan bases and individual people terms like that. And it kind of sucked some of the fun out of it.
0: Right. No, you're, you're right. Because for all the joy on one side, there is just, you know, the equal and, you know, equal force of heartbreak on the other. My, my dad's an Indians fan, um, Although he also went to bed in the seventh inning, so I'm not sure how much heartbreak he was actually really feeling, but you know he's he's sixty eight years old he's never seen them win a he was born in nineteen forty eight the last year the last time they won a world series, so I go back to what I said earlier, just like poor Cleveland like this could have been their time to shine, and they get mashed up against the one team that you can't out romanticize It was very romantic,
1: Brandon <laughs> were you uh can you, let's do a quick Brandon Lee power rankings of famous Cubs fans
2: this postseason. Okay. So
0: they're all tied for last in my opinion. But-
2: <laughs> so I, I think, I think Bill Murray is first. Um, and I think that's a, that's a fairly easy call. He is still a, he's still a, a beloved figure. He comes to the games, he sits in the crowd. He doesn't you know, he doesn't opt for the luxury suite. He opts for the stands. Right. And I heard that in Cleveland, he gave a ticket to a Cubs fan who was looking for a ticket. Like he just gave them one and, Ooh. and uh, they came uh, in and yeah, sat. next. That thing.
0: was very cool. Very cool. So the,
1: uh, the uh, after, did you see the after game videos? I'm assuming you did of yeah. him in
0: the
2: locker room. Yes. With Theo. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that made that, that is like, I mean, he got to live every fan's dream, I guess. You know, in that moment, and but you know, he's a he's a famous movie star, so of course he does. I guess Eddie Vedder would also be on the list. I don't think I would put Eddie Vedder second. I'm not I'm not going to go so f- I'm not going to go as far as as Billy Corgan went, basically calling Eddie Vedder a fraud Cubs fan. But uh, I I am more sympathetic to Billy Corgan's view on that than I am to many. Of Billy Corgan's other views that I am not sympathetic
0: <laughs> towards at all. And um, Billy Corgan is a legitimate Cubs fan. Billy Corgan, yes, him Bi- talking about like Dave Kingman in the seventies and stuff like that.
2: Billy Corgan has played some of those XRT opening day shows in some very bleak years. Uh, so I, I am, uh, I I will. Uh, I don't know that I would put Billy Corgan second either, uh, but. Eddie Vedder is definitely not going second in, in that kind of musicians area. I guess I would also put, I would put John Darnielle of the mountain goats and John Darnielle is, is one of my favorite, oh one of my favorite people, but he, he was on the, uh, he was on the effectively wild uh, Cubs team preview this year. And <laughs> he was, <laughs> I remember. and he was, st- he was still lamenting the Jeff's margin trade. Uh so I don't kind
0: of waded into like uh, the will to win territory.
2: <laughs> he did, but you know, I'm I'm gonna give I'm gonna give John a pass. I'm gonna give John a pass. Who else was at that last game? I, I feel like John Cusack's getting yeah. The Cusack word into was this. Cusack was there, um, and Bonnie Hunt was there. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna rank Bonnie Hunt pretty high because even though she is she is probably a B or C list celebrity depending on the frequency with which she's on TV at a given time, I she is she is definitely Brandon,
1: I'll let you know, my wife just incredulously looked at the kitchen table and mouthed Beethoven to me with her arms high in the air.
0: <laughs> what the heck is Beethoven? The movie oh, that, the about movie about the with dog. the dogs? <laughs> What was what was the sequel called? Like Beethoven's next Beethoven's batch. Second. Beethoven's second. Beethoven's second. Okay. Not not next batch. That was Gremlin, <laughs> I think. Okay. I uh
2: Bonnie Hunt Bonnie Hunt is is definitely a she is a uh, she is a I uh, God, God, I, I hate saying this, but she is definitely a real Cubs fan, right? Like she she has been going to games and she shows up on like the she shows up in the WGn booth and and on on TV and she has been for as as long as I can remember right since the TV show life with Bonnie was on the air which would have been life I remember with that show Bonnie would have been 2002, oh, that was- 2002 to 2004. That is later than I thought. Life with Bonnie was on the air. David Allen Greer was in that show? Wow. Okay. Cool. I don't re- I didn't remember that. Anyway, she's she's she was a Cubs fan before that. So I I give I give props to Bonnie Hunt and uh, uh yeah, I give props to Bonnie Hunt. I would probably rank her second. I guess I would go her second. Uh uh Cusack third probably. Um then Ugh God. I hate ranking Billy Corgan ahead of Eddie Vetter, but I'll do it. We'll go Billy Corgan and then Eddie Vetter. But I I don't I maybe I shouldn't be so down on Eddie Vetter. Who else was there? Is there anybody uh, else I was I trying to think, this? Uh not John Hamm. He is can we talk about oh, John Hamm for oh, a minute? Oh. Uh,
1: so, I so hate wonderful. the Cardinals and so I wonderful. laughed so hard when
2: I saw John Hamm. So like wonderful. was he was he at that game alone? Like was he by himself in his nineteen oh eight Cardinals hat, <laughs> just like sitting there making that shit shit eating grin smirk at like everybody who looked his way.
0: So what was one, did he know the camera was on him? Cause oh I I'm didn't... sure he
2: did. I'm sure he did.
0: But how? How do how do you know when the camera's on? I, I maybe if you have really good seats or something, and the camera's right in your face. Yeah, uh, obvious, but. I mean, there's a, there's there's John a him.
2: red light. Like there's a red light when the camera is, uh, when the camera is on. What,
0: what, what does that mean? What camera though? Like aren't these cameras down on the field like that are spanning the crowd and then, yeah.
2: Maybe it's maybe uh, it's like maybe I maybe I'm projecting skills upon movie stars that they don't actually have. <laughs> but, like, but like it's a man's job to to be aware of cameras and to look at them or not to look at them.
0: So from here until um the last day I walk this earth, uh, I think every time the Cardinals beat the Cubs, I will be tweeting out that picture <laughs> of John <laughs> Hamm <laughs> smiling in the hat. <laughs> It was honestly maybe the best moment of our season. (laughs) And we weren't even playing in the game.
1: (laughs) You mean today's Mike Matheny extension was not (laughs) that? No,
0: no, it wasn't. I didn't take that as hard as a lot of other people did because I, I knew it was coming. I mean, they weren't going to have him go into the last year of his contract without an extension. Um, So I, I not sure it needed to be announced. The morning after the Cubs won the World Series, but whatever. I, if, if I was expecting him to be fired and then they announced that, I would have been really, really upset. But I was, I, had already, I was already resigned to the fact that he was coming back. But God bless John Hamm.
1: Speaking of managers, Brandon, I know you, you probably don't criticize him because he just got you a World Series, but do you feel like your impression of Madden changed at all with the last week of games?
2: Not really. Not really. I I feel like he took that some naps. He did, and I think one of the I think the thing about the Cubs is that they were they it's like they're so talented that they were able to overcome a lot of these what would have been miscues for perhaps uh, slightly lesser teams. Uh, but even then, like even if you say that the Cubs overcame it in talent, the 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 series ended up. You know, they, the team scored the same number of runs, and it went to extra innings in Game Seven. So it was, it was still like, and and the and the difference in the deciding game was one run. It was as close as you could possibly be, right? Uh, but I, I think Madden's Madden's value has always been his ability to to take the long view and be able to manage for a season, right? Like having. Uh, you know, it, this year it's having the foresight to watch the starting pitcher, uh, watch the starting pitcher innings early on to work with the lineup and and make sure guys are getting days off, uh, you know, being being pretty forthcoming and transparent with the players over over lineup changes and keeping everybody loose and stuff like that. I mean, it's stuff that we that we made fun of him for in spring training. I almost feel like it's it's that sort of it's that sort of aspect of a manager that's that's their true value right like the tactical stuff you know you could you could make the right tactical move and it, and it could backfire right or you can make the wrong tactical move and it could work and that's baseball you know but if you're if you're able to to maintain a good clubhouse and keep everybody level headed for a for 162 games Plus, you know, plus fifteen to twenty at the at the back end, like that's that's pretty incredible, man. So no, uh, my my view of Joe Madden hasn't changed.
1: Alex, has your view of Jason Hayward changed? Knowing while he may not be good at baseball,
0: he gave that amazing speech. He apparently he, gave the greatest the, motivational uh,
1: speech of all time, the
0: motivational <laughs> speech that won the world that broke the curse. That ended 108 years of misery because in a rain delay, <laughs> why didn't Jason you just Hayward, give him a little more money? This would be because, you this year. Because during the rain delay, Jason Hayward had the sense to say, Hey guys, we should still try to win this game.
2: <laughs> you know, some, sometimes you have to be told that.
0: No. Um, you know what? I really appreciate Jason Hayward's game. I just love watching him play the outfield. Uh, here, here's one. I thought thing we were that,
1: about to get a sarcastic. I've enjoyed watching him on the Cubs this well, year. But, well, okay.
0: I am about to say something sort of along those lines. Ninety percent of Hayward's at bats, at bats that I've seen includes one g- foul ground ball up the first baseline. and then it, and that always comes right before a strikeout or or something. Has anyone else noticed this? He always pulls that foul ball down the first baseline in almost every at-bat.
2: He, you know, I've seen him, I've I've seen Jason Hayward hit a lot of ground balls to the right side this season. (laughs) I've also seen him hit a lot of infield pop flies this season. A lot of shallow fly balls to the outfield, like... That's, that's kind of what he's been hitting this year.
0: Did you all ruin his swing? What what happened?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. All
0: right. in no all joke. On, maybe, this but, but honestly flag's life
2: forever, so that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he When he was up for his last at bat and swung at that ball. Oh, that it was, was it. so ugly. So My wife, Jessie, who she she's watched the Cubs but not in any detail, so she would not be able to tell you Jason Hayward's name, looked at me and said – So is that guy like a really good defender or something? And just could not comprehend a major league player swinging a bat like that.
2: The answer is yes. It did make me laugh.
0: (laughs) He's a great player. Well, he's not a great player, but he's... for, For that team, because as Brandon said earlier, they're so strong top to bottom that you can hide his bat and his glove still pays huge dividends because it's so good. And he's,
2: uh, I'm, I'm looking at him as a pretty safe bounce back candidate For next, next season. Years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm sure his, his Pakota projections are going to have him, you know, have him at around a league average hitter. And I, I would take, I would take that. I wouldn't, yeah, you know, I wouldn't try and beat Pakota uh, on that projection. Eric is eating cheese and crackers when he's not talking, by the way. I'm done. I'm
1: done. I was actually, uh, I got my new Bill James handbook today. Nice. And so I was, oh, they actually have 2017 hitter projections. Do you want Jason Hayward's
2: projection? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it. What's Jason Hayward's hitter All projection? Right. <laughs> uh, according
1: to Bill James.
2: Wait, wait, wait. 2017, hold on. Wait, hold, on. Pre- hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. What What stats are you going to give us? Batting average, OBP, and slugging. Okay, okay, okay. Um, you want to guess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll guess. And Alex, Alex, uh, give give your numbers too. Um, okay. My guess is they're going to have him at two sixty five, three thirty five, four ten. Alex. Two
0: fifty five, three.
1: Twenty You're both close. They have not projected at 264. Okay. 347. Mm, okay. 401. That's not bad. With 13 home runs. Jason
2: Hayward. I mean, I would take it. I mean, the thing that's... The thing... Well we we haven't had we haven't even had the parade yet so what am i doing thinking about next year but i'm thinking hayward is probably going to get more time in center next year than in a corner and his glove goes from being elite in right field to being probably pretty good in center uh but not uh not he's not kevin kiermaier in center field or anything so you know he probably will have to hit a little more to to recoup that value. Was Fowler just on a one-year deal? Fowler, yeah, Fowler's on a Fowler has a mutual option mutual, for next year yeah. that will oh. that will certainly be declined. But they'll give him they'll give him the qualifying offer and I'm sure this offseason he'll get a good three-year deal from someone. You do not think that'll be Chicago? I think there's a universe in which he either accepts the qualifying offer or is willing to sign, like, a two-year deal or something. I think there's a universe in which that's a possibility. But if that were to happen, then I think Soler will be traded.
0: Mm. If it was just three years, if Fowler's only going to get a three-year contract, then I would be thrilled if the Cardinals signed him.
2: I, I do think someone will give him a four. Someone will offer for I don't know who maybe maybe the White Sox will come around and do what they should have done last offseason and offer him and offer him that four year deal, but who knows? Yeah, I mean I'm sure after this season I know a lot of teams would be in in on him for a three year for sure.
1: Uh, speaking of Cubs, I was pretty excited. The Reds signed Mindy Alcantra. Did they really? They did right oh. before the end of the season. I wow.
2: I didn't realize that the A's had let him go.
1: I think they put him on waivers and
2: Cincinnati claimed him. Oh. Hey man, I really like Arisman D'Alcantara, and I think uh you know, I mean, of course, he's a type of player that he's a type of player that the Reds should be you know, accumulating. Um given where they are in the contention cycle, but yeah i I think he's a major leaguer man well, we need those <laughs> now if they were he's a he's a very interesting waiver wire pickup, but i think if he was if if he were acquired at a trade, he totally would have been cast as one of the like the the typical Reds pickups from the last couple seasons. Guys with the uh, guys that don't have a very high peak but have a have a decent enough floor that they're not gonna be total embarrassments can um, I tell
1: you how frustrating of a strategy that is to watch play out? <laughs> Let's be as safe as possible with three juggernauts ahead of us. I can only imagine uh, yeah, yeah, but you there's, know, uh, there's our Reds talk for tonight. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But I like Alcantara. I hope he does well. I wanted him to do well in Oakland, too.
0: So if we were to revise the standings in the NL Central of teams who have, who have the longest drought without winning the World Series, obviously Cubs are first. Well, Cubs are last if we're talking the longest drought, but Cubs have won the most recent, then Cardinals, then Reds, mm-hmm. Pirates, Pirates in 79, is that right? 77, seven, what what year did the Stargell team, um, hold on, I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, I got it, hold uh, let's see here. 79. 79, okay. The We Are Family. Um, I'm sure Maine's going to answer that quite quickly. Um, and then the Brewers with Never.
2: Yeah. They won the pennant mm. in 82, lost to the Cardinals. That is that is correct. Did they make the playoffs
0: the CC year, or did they? They did. Okay. Um, they lost to the Phillies, I believe. Oh,
1: that's okay, that sounds right.
0: Who went on to beat the Dodgers, because I think the Dodgers beat the Cubs. I think that was the year the Cubs won 97 games. And Manny hit that grand slam in game mm-hmm. one. Does that sound right, Brandon?
2: Yeah, that sounds right. I, I try not to remember that year, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Eric, are you are you upset that nineteen oh eight is no longer a, a thing or a meme or
1: I uh, I mean it was fun. I yeah. I would be lying if I didn't say I I was rooting for the Indians and that I felt had they won had the Indians won after being down five one, it would have felt like the most Cubs thing ever, and I would have enjoyed that. It would have been a very Cubs thing. Um but now I'm ready for uh I feel like the Cubs heel turn should kick in right around April
2: so we dig can it. all
1: enjoy that together.
2: I think it. I've been Pardon? I've been waiting for the Cubs heel turn.
1: Are you ready to be the mid nineties Yankees, Brandon?
2: Hell yeah, I am. Mid nineties, mid nineties Yankees won like four World Series, so.
0: <laughs> right, and that's the thing. Like everyone's like, oh, you know, how are you going to handle being hated? It's like, who cares? Like that means we're <laughs> winning, you, you know. Like, I'll be fine if people don't like my sports team. I imagine most Cubs fans feel that way as well. I actually wrote about the 1908 thing today. Well, sort of wrote about it. Just a really quick throwaway piece. But, yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of glad it's over. It was a story that even I was kind of getting tired of. And I think it'll be more fun because I I love the Cardinals-Cubs rivalry. And I think it'll be more fun without that little aspect of it being in the way, if that makes sense.
2: I think I hear what you're saying,
0: yeah. Like, it'll just be two what I hope are good teams battling for supremacy of the NL Central, although I think the Cardinals have a a lot of headway to make up. But without sort of this, like, well, you know, can the Cubs finally, you know, break whatever curse they have in front of them and stuff like that? And, like, no, it, it could just be, like, just a rivalry or even an arms race like, uh, like the Red Sox and Yankees had um, in the two thousands as someone on, someone else at Viva Alberto's kind of wrote about that earlier this week. Um, And I think that could be really, really fun and interesting.
2: Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Eric, your team is a bit in the dust there.
0: 2018. (laughs) Two years. What is the, has, has Red's management come out and said like, you know, like how transparent are they being with the fan base in terms of this is the year we believe um, you'll start to see the turnaround in the standings. Cause the Cubs were pretty transparent about that. In fact, if I recall, yeah. they marked this year as, as the year, not, you know, they, they kind of were a year ahead of schedule. They thought what happened to them last year was kind of, was going to be this year.
1: They have been pretty open uh, 2018 is the year they've designated as uh, The year they've said uh, When I talked to uh, Zach Buchanan who's a beat writer On my new podcast on baseball writing That you can subscribe to on Stitcher And iTunes and leave a review Fantastic uh, He said his expectation is 2018 they're 500 2019 is more realistic as they're fighting for a wild card spot Okay
0: So a couple more years It's the Cubs have really made it tough because you look at their lineup and you're like, okay, we can't compete with them now. But if we just tear it all down in hopes of competing with them in three to five years, they're still going to be really, really good. So we might as well try to be really good now.
1: How, how, Brandon, what's the shelf life on the starting rotation
2: as it stands? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking um, because the for, okay, so the the Cubs, three of the Cubs starters from this year will be off the team within the next one to two years. So Arietta has one season left, and then he's a free agent. So are the Cubs going to put a lot of money into Jake Garriott after riding him fairly hard for two years? Presumably uh, next year as well. I don't know. Uh, uh, Lackey signed a two-year deal coming into the season, so he has one year left. I, uh, my guess is that he will not be re-signed after next season. And Jason Hamill, my guess on Hamill is that he's going to be traded this off-season. So the Cubs will have to fill three rotation spots within the next two seasons. My guess is that one of them, one of those rotation spots will be taken by Mike Montgomery. Uh, I I think the thing is, I I think the thing is that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm questioning some of the, some of the starting pitching that's in the system right now, whether, uh, whether there are, those guys who can come up and be big leaguers. But at the same time, you know, if you're talking the, if you're talking like a third starter and a fifth starter, you know, you can, you can invest in a third starter and free agency and you can find a fifth starter through, uh, through accumulation. And, you know, that's, that's why I'm not super worried about it. And also the Cubs have shown an ability to, to find relievers as well so i'm I'm less worried about the bullpen. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know the so the shelf life on this iteration of the rotation is like one year. Um, but I guess it depends on how quickly they're able to sign uh to re to bring in new players to fill those spots and also uh find the the inexpensive, cheap guys to. Filled the spots as well.
1: Any other former Cardinals you plan on signing this offseason? Uh,
0: not this offseason, but no, Lance Lynn will be pitching for them in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I I I feel I it kind of will happen. Serious about that. Which which makes me sad because I like Lance Lynn, but he seems like a. And I didn't invent this idea. I heard people talking about it on Twitter last night, and I was like, "Huh, that does sort of make sense."
1: Who knows? Were you, Brandon? How much did you enjoy the Cleveland Blue a three <laughs> one lead thing flipped?
2: I thought uh, okay, so i I think that's I think that's kind of misplaced because Cleveland totally was kind of because I mean the dif- the difference is that Cleveland. Cleveland was a very clear underdog coming into the series, and uh, you know, even if even knowing what we know now, like Cleveland was still the underdog, right? For for Cleveland to play the Cubs as close as they did is like that is there. There might not be moral victories in the World Series, but that is pretty close to one, right? Like the the Warriors are. The Warriors are are like the team of their generation, you know. And for them to blow a three one lead, that is like that's that's meme worthy. Cleveland, uh, no, not so much.
0: Brandon nailed it. Golden State was seventy three and nine.
2: <laughs> that is Steamroll that is literally everybody. literally the best record, yeah, ever.
0: Right, and they're killing everybody, and then. They blew a three-one lead in a sport where it's never happened. It's happened in baseball, and it's it it can very easily happen in baseball because, as the three of us know, you watch enough baseball, and any team can beat any team three times in a row. So it's not that it's not crazy for it to happen in baseball. Whereas it's never happened in the NBA Finals in basketball. Um, so the Warriors, to me, are still the poster child of blowing a three-one lead.
1: To bring oh, back you. another popular meme we've talked about, I did see a tweet that said, uh, the Cubs have won a world series and every year that Harambe has died.
2: <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite, uh, here I'll send, I'll send you guys this photo. I came across this photo today on the internet and it, uh, it's really, it's, I feel like it's 2016 in a nutshell here. Um, Uh, As soon as my Twitter loads, I will send you a link to this tweet. Um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to describe it until after I send you the link, uh, because I want. I want your reaction first. Okay, hold on. Uh, Link to this tweet. That's what I want. Are you sending it to Facebook? Should I get on Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it on Facebook well, no, I can send it through Zencaster, I guess. Oh,
1: the anticipation is killing me.
2: Don't worry. Don't worry. I think it'll live up to it. Well, I hope it lives up to it now. Okay. Okay, incoming.
1: (laughs) Oh, here we go.
2: All right, hold on. <laughs> so uh the the photo in question Jesus, someone
0: he, he's he's really high, up. Well, he looks some, really high up
2: someone across the street from wrigley field has climbed up onto a lamp post across the street there is a a sea of people wearing blue and waving W flags. The, the marquee at Wrigley field says world series champions and, and the Jersey being worn by the person who has climbed up on the, uh, on the lamp post says Haram Baez. Um, now clearly as I'm looking at it now, it's a, uh, like this, this, this is a a Photoshop job, right? Like this is, uh, there's, there's like a, a reflection of a ceiling on the top of the, <laughs> on the top of the uh, image, but oh. the, but the optics, that have been, oh, yeah. but the optics that have been created here, it's 2016
0: in a nutshell. I want to oh, be on record that. Mean? I don't think the Harambe meme is funny. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, luckily, uh, luckily, the, the people who listen to this probably agree with you, or else, uh, or else, you would be getting a lot of angry tweets about how it's all your fault. I mean, people are really mean at that zoo.
0: <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> I, I feel um, like this uh, is exactly where. It's exactly where what I was gonna say. This is exactly where an NL Central podcast should end this season. <laughs>
2: um, I, I also feel like a lot of the crying Jordan Cleveland baseball memes are also misplaced, um, for for somewhat the same reasons as the uh, as the three one lead one. Except except the. The guy who was totally decked out in like face paint and uh native headdress, like uh, this the, the sad looking person that that was a good crime,
0: Jordan. For but, of, like social, like ignoring the whole important issue involved with all of that, how uncomfortable would that be <laughs> to go to a game dressed like that? <laughs>
2: Well, I think I think the well, like there's there's a there's a physical like uncomfortable I'm, I'm that, that they're willing the, to sit through. Right. But so I'll, I'm
0: talking about the physical part first, and then there's the the uncomfortable shame part. But the well, obviously, obviously, that the, obviously
2: your, the person has no shame, like in a bad way.
0: Well, anytime I see someone with their fa- like. Uh, there were two Cleveland fans last night and throughout the series with their face painted like baseballs. You may have seen uh-huh. these people. And gosh, that just seems so unnecessary. Eric. Oh, okay.
2: So, I'm I'm going to use this time when Eric when Eric's uh <laughs> Eric is trying to fix his mic. Um I want to I want to dig up another element of Alex's past uh because I I discovered <laughs> I discovered recently uh from Alex himself that he used to write for a uh for a Chicago music blog called Nothing Quite Like the Blinding Light which is a an an <laughs> which is an river song and uh I used to read this blog back when I would go to a lot of shows and uh I was Please no uh,
0: one google it because it's <laughs> terrible. There a- uh,
2: there's an entry from November 5th 2007 uh, which is a uh, which is a review of the Hold Steady show at the Metro, um, where uh, uh, it was Halloween, and uh, the the first graph of this review uh, includes this <laughs> in- includes the following lines: If I see another Dick in the Box costume, I'm going to take a flamethrower to this place. Other costumes were just bad. One guy was dressed up like Mark Pryor, but a perfectly healthy Mark Pryor, which makes no sense to me. He was standing upright and everything. That guy hasn't been productive for about four seasons now. If you're going to go as Mark Pryor, you best be on crutches or something. Now, here is where... Here, here's where, here's where it gets funny because the person dressed up as Mark Pryor at the Hold Steady show was me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I, I would like the record to reflect in this, in this public, in this public forum that, uh, the, the costume was indeed adorned with band-aids, um, that Alex could not see. I missed them. Um, Partially uh, partially because uh, perhaps he didn't care, but also because it is dark in the Metro.
0: It often. was dark, yes. <laughs> so, uh,
2: <laughs> so it's perfectly understandable that he did not see my many, many Band-Aids on the Mark Pryor costume. But trust me, they were there.
0: That show was I incredible, mean, by the way. That show was incredible. I love the fact that that was you. Um, I wish I could... I had a camera that I ruined, that I think I had at that show, that I, I think I ruined it somehow. But I took so many pictures of that concert, if I could somehow dig up those pictures, I could probably find you in them, in them, which would be hilarious. Um, the thing about that blog, I, I remember one time Ben Lindbergh, he, he may have actually been talking to Ryan Sullivan, like on a Banish to the Pen podcast, or maybe it was effectively wild, I don't know. But he was talking about how he has... Things online from when he first started writing that he is like embarrassed about, and he just wished like did not exist. Um, that and believe me, I'm not trying to say I am on a level like Ben Lindbergh, but that is exactly how I feel about that blog. <laughs> <laughs> I think a, a lot of people who have written even just a small, sizable amount of things probably feel that way about something. But oh, yeah, certainly. that's definitely how I feel about that music blog. <laughs> Although I remember having fun while we were doing it. but
2: <laughs> Well, I mean, then that's what it's all about, right? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Eric, you're, you're going to be in a wrestling match this weekend?
1: Uh, Sunday, I'm in an eight-man tag at the Lafayette Theater in Lafayette, Indiana. The tickets are $10 ahead of time, $12 at the door.
0: Really? I didn't know you still dabbled well, in that trade
1: my trainer's retirement show okay so he's bringing the old crew back for one final awesome uh wrestling that
0: show. i i forget what you call these in the wrestling world but that thing you had where you're walking through the forest as like you're sort of like uh oh good i'm heard, glad you found that when, when you were in character what are those things called for for wrestlers is it like a vignette, or
1: yeah, yeah? That like was it. actually at a crowded park, which had concerned people that day.
0: I was yelling in the middle of the forest. That is fun. I when this posts at Bears of the Pen, we should include that link. Which I think it's been included <laughs> before. But it it's, is it, it is, is one of the better
2: things I've ever seen on the internet.
1: I kind of was hoping all that would die. <laughs>
0: But it is not. What was your wrestling name again? Buck Boulder. Buck Boulder,
1: the uh, mountain man <laughs> who's a mountain of a
0: man. It almost sounds more like a porn star's name.
1: Well, I've heard lots of theories about it. Okay. Uh, that's that. That is not the character he's presenting. <laughs> okay. But uh, I didn't
0: think it was, but but I get it. Thank what me- did you have a finishing move? I do. It's called
1: altitude sickness. Okay. Uh, imagine a person throwing pizza dough in the air. Yeah, and it's basically that with a person. <laughs> a
2: are are these things you explained on the early uh, wrestling episode, Eric? Do you think anybody well, listened see, to those? I, I'm not like than... a wrestling person, so I, I didn't. I know some of these things just from conversation. <laughs> I think so. That was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Oh. That was like uh,
1: was it? Vanished
2: yeah. to the pin was it must in his pretty close to, infancy. or uh, well, no, it it must be like uh, almost two years ago now, right? At least a year and a half ago. Yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. two
0: years in December, which Later is kind of crazy to me because it seems so much longer ago to me. It,
2: yeah, it does. It does. And look at us now. Still talking about wrestling on podcast. We've,
1: we've ridden Ben Lindbergh's coattails without his knowledge all the he way. To
0: say, this. I don't think he knows we're on his coattails. <laughs>
2: sure. Hey, uh, Hey Eric, where can, where can people find you on the <laughs> internet these days?
1: Uh, they can find me at red reporter at call to the pen. Uh, and I will say, uh, I would love it if you would check out on baseball writing. I had a new episode tonight uh, drop with Sungmin Kim talking about covering the KBO. So awesome. check that out, Alex. we can
2: Alex? We gonna, where can people find you out. on the internet?
0: you can find me at, uh, Viva Albertos. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at Alex cards, uh, 79. And I will also plug Eric's, uh, on writing baseball. It is
2: fantastic. fantastic. Um, you can find me on the internet at blee internets on Twitter in the effective wild Facebook group and on banished to the pen, uh, also on an NL central show, which is this. <laughs> and, and that's, that's all right now. And I, I think, uh, <laughs> Don't read, don't read Ron Artest's next tweet. Don't read the one he just sent. It's, it's. <laughs> well, you know what we're all doing. now. Um, okay, that's that's all, that's all for now. We'll catch you next time on an NL Central show.